Today's Trout Show is sponsored by David Smith of Edward Jones. David helps people achieve their goals and make sense of investing and be treated like the individual you are. David stays focused on what's most important. That's you. So call David now at 469-372-1587 for complete details. That's 469-372-1587. David Smith with Edward Jones. Hey everybody, it's the Trout. Hope you're having a great day. You know, as a creative person myself, sometimes I just don't have the ability to write a song, and sometimes I just walk away from it because I want to get away from it. But my guest today, Roger Street Friedman, took a 25-year break from doing what he loved the best, and that's writing and performing music. And he decided after all that time that he wanted to produce and put some music out that was heartfelt, and he used the best people that he could find to perform on it, and he even got a Grammy Award-winning producer to come on and help him make this album, Love, Hope, Trust. It's a personal album for him, and that means it's touching. He talks about his daughter. He talks about all sorts of things that he's learned about, and his life has been touched by these last 25 years. <laughs> he even talks about my state, Texas. So I hope you enjoy this interview where it's Roger Street Friedman, when he talks about Love, Hope, Trust, his album that just got released. So up next, Roger Street Friedman. A 25-year vacation or a 25-year idea that he decided that move forward with a musical career from now on. That's next on The Trout Show. mentioned you started playing when you were seven I, what i was intrigued about about your bio and I, i've read a lot of stuff about you obviously but there's a hint of not a hint there's a mention that you must have played and then you went away from music for a while and then you came back so yeah. did you did you really donate when when you were growing up did you want to be a musician full-time um or did you become one I did want to be, uh, I mean, I, I, um, so I, I was, uh, in bands in, uh, junior high and high school. And, yeah. um, I, uh, as I mentioned to you before we started the recording, I, I, I wound up out in, um, in, uh, in my junior year in high school out in Arizona. Um, and I was going to, uh, go back there for my senior year, but over that summer, my, folks i talked them into buying me a uh a four track reel-to-reel tape recorder and a little mixing board and uh, one thing led to another and i got really interested in recording and then i also started a band that summer with some uh, an, another two friends of mine and then we recruited a guy to play bass um and he later started playing synthesizers it was it was uh right around 1980 okay and, um, that's when they were coming into vogue i guess right exactly yeah. yeah and um he went on 
two of the four of us went on to pretty big careers in the music business. I mean, he, he, he's, um, his name is John Karen. He's, he went on to play with, uh, uh, Brian Ferry and, um, there's a great guy. Bowie and Pete Townsend, and then became a member of Pink Floyd. So he's, (laughs) I think, you know, I actually, I think I recognize his name. Yeah, he's he's still playing. He's touring now with uh, Roger Waters, and uh, he was on. He I think he did some writing on um, uh, the Division Bell. He had a mm-hmm. big part mm-hmm. in that album. But um, so I wound up not going back to school in Arizona and staying out here in the suburbs of New York um, for my senior year and doing this band, and then. I was going to music school. I graduated high school here and I was going to the local community college studying classical guitar. Hmm. I, um, I, I did that really intensely for six months. I played six hours a day, you know, and I, I was really loving it. And then I got recruited, which is a long story to play. <laughs> well, the, I wasn't really a bass player, but I had played bass. And uh, one of my friends from music school was in a Led Zeppelin cover band. Uh-huh. And he said, um, we're firing our bass player. Do you think you could learn how to play bass? It's we have a blast. You'll make some money and, you know, you'll meet girls and all that. I was like, I'm in. <laughs> so I did a deep dive. Into- I don't even want to ask which part really got you in, but I probably would know which one it was. <laughs> I did a deep dive into uh, all of those bass lines that John Paul Jones. Da, right? da, da, da. Da, 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 everyone i had him cold yeah. i go to the rehearsal studio for the audition and the band is having a meeting in the room and they and my friend comes out and says we just broke up <laughs> <laughs> no money no girls <laughs> no money no girls <laughs> and i all went right down the tubes <laughs> but, but right around that time I had another acquaintance who who was a pretty big producer uh, in the seventies, and had and was doing at the time live sound for Foreigner. So he ah. was he was their sound engineer, but he was trying to get back into producing. Um, and he had found a couple of guys that were songwriters um, and rockers in New York City, and he said we need a bass player do you want to audition and i said sure so i was 19 they were they these guys were all in their late 20s mm-hmm. um and i got the gig uh in this band playing bass it uh it wound up you know not going anywhere but i dropped out of school and i moved into the city and um got a day job and was rehearsing at night it, it was a pretty sad and lonely time <laughs> to be quite honest as a yeah, but you know what roger here's the thing you didn't know it at the time but that's the dues you were paying yeah to get where you are now i mean exactly. think about it that's really what you i mean yeah. i don't have those things but i mean i admire people that go well we were in the back of a pickup traveling from town to town i had a hole in my shoe you know all this just like you said it wasn't a pleasant time but yeah. now you can look at it and go okay i'm yeah, glad yeah. i did it for sure yeah. but what wound up happening was um the band broke up uh or uh, we did a demo uh it didn't it didn't go anywhere they shopped it around but nothing happened with it um and now i was uh out of school in the city with a with a an apartment and a job that i didn't really like and wasn't really part of my path and i got a call from one of my friends from high school who said uh 
I'm living in Telluride, Colorado. Do you want to come out here? And uh, that didn't take much to get you there, did it? Yeah, no. So I, I basically got in my car and drove out there and uh, lived there for a year and a half. You know, with and and while I was there, um, made a plan to. I got my classical guitar shipped out there and I was going to audition for big, better schools back in back East when I was done. And I right. boned up on my playing and stuff. And, um, it's kind of a long story, but I was going to apply to Berkeley and Juilliard mm. and New England conservatory. Yeah. And, uh, didn't do any of those things. <laughs> <Just> basically <laughs> came home and uh went to the went to hunter college in new york city and uh majored in communications and computer science and then built a recording studio with one of my friends from the original high school band and we were that was what i we were doing i was going to school during the day and i was recording bands local bands at night that's cool i like that that's a good idea yeah i got really into engineering and I was writing songs and recording my own songs, but more engineering and producing for other acts. Um, and uh, you know how life goes. I I loved what we were doing. I loved I loved being in the studio. Uh, but my partner and I um, we weren't really making enough money to support ourselves. Sure. And, uh, we were just you know we we're making enough money to put money into equipment yeah, pay for your hobby and then when that happens uh there was some tension came up and he and i had a little bit of a falling out and i was like yeah. you know what um I, i'm gonna just bail so he bought me out um basically paid for the equipment that i had paid for and uh um and i got a job and uh then 25 years went by <laughs> <laughs> I recognize that. Yeah, yeah, I recognize it. So, um, and it wasn't until I, uh, you know, and I had a, I had a, I turned that job into a pretty successful career. And um, it wasn't until 2004, uh, my, my dad, when my dad passed away, um, which was the first person in my life that I'd really, that was, I was really close to that. I lost. He, he was pretty, must've been pretty young too. He wasn't. Cause I was the, you were an elder child. I mean, I was, elder yeah, I was a late okay. in life. I was a late in life baby. Okay. Um, right. I was the youngest of four and uh, my oldest brother is 18 years older than I am. Ah, so, yeah. I see. Yeah. Um, but um, so uh, he passed away the next year I got, um, I got married to Peggy who I'm still married to and then uh in 2006 when uh we were expecting our first child um two weeks before our daughter was born my mom passed away suddenly Mm. and so and then Allie was born and it was like depths of despair height of joy you know like roller coaster coaster ride and just something uh, something cracked open and i started writing songs and um Maybe when Allie was about two, I'm thinking uh, right around 2008, we had a babysitter whose boy husband had a demo studio in their house in Brooklyn. And I played her a song that I'd written and she said, you should go, you know, record that with Stan. He'll, he'll like produce it for you. He's a drummer and he has a studio. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and I, I hadn't been in a studio for 25 years ish. Um, 
and I was playing and singing into the microphone doing the scratch track mm -hmm. and it was like one of those scenes in a movie where the world just goes from black and white to color mm -hmm. and I had an epiphany that fuck this is what I was supposed to do yeah and I stopped doing it and I just left a whole part of myself behind so I made the decision right then and there to to just do as, as much as I could <laughs> sparkle in your eye There's a world outside this door And I know that by and by all birds must fly And you won't stay here anymore And when you wake up on that morning Pack the car and roll away When your brand new day is dawning I hope that you will say I am thankful for this day it's Something that you said um, really resonated with me is that getting you know when you get people to come along with you and that the and also what you said about you know you did i you can't go back no and in fact i think that that all that time away was necessary for me to be able to create the music that i'm creating now i don't disagree with you i couldn't i couldn't write these songs no uh, you know no. 25 years ago and you couldn't and, uh, and i feel like it's and you know everybody everybody uh ripens at a different rate <laughs> if i can use that term yeah you can <laughs> um and so so you brought out um this is your fourth yeah my fourth uh record. when did you start recording this album the one that just came out today in fact uh yeah that's right 100 that's why you and i are talking because <laughs> it's i forgot I forgot. <laughs> um, I uh, we started recording, I believe, right at the end of March. Okay. And it took us, um, I would say, about four weeks from basic tracks to uh, overdub product. Yeah. Um, and then there was mixing and mastering and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I, the way I I worked on the vocals uh i i don't like standing in the control in the studio behind the glass with everybody looking at me and since i've uh, done studio, that enough times yeah that's, yeah since i have yeah. my own studio i just kick everybody out and then you know we Push finish the start button we finish everything else and then i do it all by myself right. so that added about a week or so onto it um but uh the thing yeah i mean and and this one uh the vibe of the recording i don't i don't know if you got to watch the little documentary that yes i did. did um but i think you can if you watch that you can tell everybody just had a really good time 
Well, what I noticed is a couple of things because you get to be able to write something that people enjoy, then it's something unique about that. And I would say not even knowing you, that album that you're knowing one is probably the most heartfelt album you've probably written, probably maybe in your life. Yeah, I think so, for sure. And, and, And those are all culminations of everything you've been through. Yeah. I mean, and I, but I was going to say, so, you know, you go to the studio, it's boring, but the thing I noticed about the documentary was, and of course you can't put everything up there because it's four weeks, you're not going to watch it for four, was the laid back atmosphere. It was obviously laid back. I could see that. Yep. You know, and the, the people you brought in to the ladies and everybody that brought in, Larry was there obviously always doing his thing where there's on pedal still. And I kept thinking, does this guy play anything or is this everybody, is Larry playing? all the parts except you had a drummer obviously and some other things (laughs) but that's you know you pick up a vibe like that which is going to conversely lay down the feel for the whole album totally the the other thing about it is that's a time in your life that you can't it's like taking a picture and you take a picture and you go that's the only time i'm going to be at that picture you know it's going to be different same way with an album so you put that down now, I have to ask you, because being an engineer, did you engineer a lot of it yourself, or did you have other people do it? Not this one, um, which was, I think, a really good decision. Um, Larry, uh, the guy who mixed, the guy who engineered it is Justin Gweep, who is, um, uh, he has a studio up in Milan, New York, which is about two hours north of here. Okay. And, um he mixed the last album, which I did do a bunch of engineering on, but this time we, I brought him in to do the whole engineering piece. And, um, that enabled me to just completely forget about it. Five weeks of recording everything in total. And it's going great. I couldn't be happier with all the parts, the arrangements and the collaboration with Larry and Roger has been amazing. It's like they're cut from the same stone musically uh, with Larry's playing and uh, and arrangements, ideas, and the tonalities of all the instruments. The match is just great. Larry was the producer, uh, Larry Campbell, who is, uh, I got to say, and one of the reasons it's so laid back is because he just puts everybody at ease and gets the best performances out of everybody and totally collaborative. There is definitely a way of doing that because everybody everybody wants to do the best they can when they're in the studio you know and and, (laughs) uh the way i met the way i met larry was he he played on my first record okay and i was kind of starstruck um and the producer of that record was a was a guy named felix mcteague who um was a phenomenal human being, great guy. We became really good friends. And uh, sadly, he passed away in 2020. But um, I said to him, you know, Larry Campbell's in the studio. I don't, I, I don't, I'm so intimidated, but playing and singing in front of this guy, you know, he's like, yeah, he's just worried about his parts. <laughs> he's not worried about what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, yeah so, but but i think there's something something that you learn when you know over time doing this is and to your point is that 
the feel, you know, and I think that may be sort of an issue with some music today is that everybody wants to record in Pro Tools with drum machines and everything's on the grid, you know. Um, but there's there's a feel that you can only get with real musicians playing together all at the same time. Yeah, and I hope... I wanted to give this record, because I think it's a really, really good record with great songs and great production and great playing and great singing. You know, it's 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 the, it's the real deal, and I, I wanted to give it as much of a push out the door <laughs> as I could, you know? And no, I understand. I understand completely. Yeah. yeah. And so that, that the, the lyric videos, um, I think, you know, and it's, it's really paid off. I mean, uh, and not paid off. <laughs> I know, I know what you mean. I know what you this mean. is not a, this is not a lucrative, uh, no. operation no. here, but in terms of what you bringing it back full circle to what you said earlier about doing it where people respond and you can bring them along with you. I mean, just, the, the love hope trust video and the and the annabelle video they've already got you know not a ton of views but they're getting there hundreds and hundreds of views yeah and, it's a lot and a lot of comments like beautiful song oh my god this is so moving you know and that is what really makes you feel like makes you write another song makes you write another song <laughs> yeah i mean i think i'd write a song anyway because i'm you know like you said it's a kind of a disease also <laughs> But, um, but so, yeah, so I, and thanks for saying that about the, I think they, I think it really is good quality stuff. Let's go back to the beginning. Time to pay some rent. All this time we've been moving. Hard to believe where we went. So you're taking the album, you finish the album, it comes out today, November 4th, 2022, for those people listening to this, whenever. Um, are you going to, I didn't see any tours on there, but are you going to start supporting it with some playing out, obviously? Yeah, the plan is to is to start booking dates for January and, um, you know, and the spring and summer. Uh, for now, sure. do you have enough people that, uh, you have a band that you can go to? I mean, obviously the guys a, that come in here, some of them are different than the ones you take on tour with you. Well, the drummer and the bass player are my my regular band. Okay. My regular bandmates. And um uh yeah, I have a I have a a band uh a lot of the stuff I'll do is gonna be solo acoustic or duo or trio kind of thing. That's cool. I, I but I really like that. I really do. It is, yeah. It's and it's a good way to put over the songs and it's good for uh you know the 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 full band gigs are just I just I can't support a full band on tour. Um, yeah, I know it's for any length of time. Yeah. Um, whereas the solo acoustic or the duo is totally doable. Yeah. Um, it's funny you said earlier you were talking about you know the young guys that can get in the car and go and uh, <laughs> uh, and I was talking to Larry about it. He's I said, do you still 
do you still like playing? He goes, I like the hour and a half that I'm playing, but I hate everything else about it. I've actually heard other people say the same thing. But I have never gotten that out of my system. So when I've done, I've toured, you know, I've toured yeah. as far south as um, Huntsville, Alabama, all the way back up to Maine, you know, Boston, Maine. Right. There. And like, if I do an eight day tour on the on the ninth morning, I'm like, all right, where are we going next? But it's it's home, you know, which it's I love. Going home. Home. You're done. Uh, um, the thing is, I never got it out of my system. And I just love being on the road. I mean, I've always loved it. The summer I was uh, the summer I was sick, turned 16. I got my license in Arizona and a friend of mine, my friend uh, who I wound up living in Telluride with years later, he and I uh, drove all just drove all around the country um, to 16 year old kids and had a blast and i just have always loved being on the road so uh i'm i think i, I think that's a sickness i think you need to talk to somebody yeah <laughs> well because in my in my previous life i traveled a lot by plane and occasionally i forget where i was because i was from one place to the other and i was glad to get home but like you said you haven't got out of your system yet i haven't got but and 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 there's nothing like the the um playing show after show after show i mean like well, you just uh, get get better and better and better too you get better That's the other thing about you get better you get more comfortable and you get into the you, you 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 stop thinking about the mechanics of what you're doing and you just do it you know um yeah. and the performances are better and i do a lot of writing while i'm on the road as well you know because there's a lot of downtime um, sure all right brother go get you have a great weekend and uh thanks you too man great to meet you nice meeting you and we'll be in touch all right man take care of yourself see ya take it easy bye, bye. the cash sits in a box on the bedstand night falls like the point of a dart Papa's fallen angels on the lamp She can't remember where it started Every day's a race till it's over Home is just a map that's torn apart The coppice in her heart brings her no closer It's a course she can't charm Eyes as deep as the pool
sit staring out of the darkened window Over stolen dreams and broken glass Her deep brown eyes hide new dreams Some shall keep, some shall Thanks for listening to The Trout Show. For more information, visit our website at thetroutshow.com. Until next time, see ya.